0: Aren't you saying, like, remind you that you had some crazy dreams this week? Yeah, why, don't you, why don't you talk about that? Let's hear about your crazy.
1: So I started doing this weird thing uh, <laughs> where just because we've been reading these books, uh-huh. I've started doing this thing where, like, one of I've made sure right before I go to sleep, one of the last thoughts that I have is, okay, I'm going into the dreaming. (laughs) And, like, this is it. You know what I mean? And every time I did that, I had, like, the craziest, most vivid dreams I've had in a really long time. Um, I don't know, like, uh, if it's, like, like just the stories being so imaginative and sparking my imagination and like being immersed in them. I don't know if it's because I took that weed break that we Mm. talked about. And I just haven't been smoking as much since then. Uh, mostly because I'm poor,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but like, sorry to interrupt you, but that's what I was saying. Like in the first episode, like whenever, like I dream when I smoke, but I know that I should be dreaming way more. You know, and when I stop smoking, the same thing happens to me. I have crazy, vivid dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't, but it's crazy because maybe uh, the days I was on tour, I wasn't having crazy, vivid dreams. But like the days basically after our last recording about saying Shang-Chi For some reason, like as I was rapidly reading these books every night before sleep, I would say and I would like see people in my dreams that I haven't talked to in ages Mm. and like or just like have really weird out there dreams. It was like honestly like really cool and something that I'm like, I don't know this. These books have inspired me. I want to like start paying more attention to my dreams, maybe even like start a little bit of a dream journal.
0: Yeah, that is definitely the best way to like remember the details of your dreams and like start to see what's repeating and like what your mind is like trying to tell you basically.
1: Yeah. Facts. I just feel like it'll be good for me. I feel like I, I have always had really imaginative imaginative dreams, so I really want to start like recording it.
0: Yeah, no, that like I was saying, that's the way to remember them. I was reading that dreams, the more you remember them, the more you're gonna like encounter like similar ideas. And apparently in dreams, like whatever's in your dreams is some part of you or your personality.
2: The Corinthian is a part of me.
0: Uh no, right. Yeah. So like that if you encounter something like in your dream that's kind of like, oh, you don't like it or it scares you, like the best thing to always do so like try to figure out why like try to have a conversation with it like if you could get that deep in control of your dreams i'm not saying that's easy or possible but if you keep a dream journal it will be cody will become the dream master oh the the shaper
2: lord shaper
1: dude yeah I, i like
2: that the fairies call morpheus lord shaper
1: yeah, me paper. too. Yeah. Me too. I love, I feel like the series wrapped up in such a, like it really tied all of the ends. You know what I mean? Brought everything together. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I literally, during the reading, while reading the wake, I was, I literally was moved to tears.
0: mm Yeah, it's a it's a pretty emotional ending. Like you're you stuck with Morpheus. Like, I mean, we read it in like a in like a couple months. But like, if you were reading like just one arc alone, the uh, kindly ones that lasted over a year. So if you were reading Sandman from the start, you're with him for a long time. I can only imagine how that felt for like someone reading it like month to month, you know?
1: Yeah, so uh, World's Edge, we all agreed that it was a fan (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a winery Uh, I said World's Edge because that's that's an Australian winery that Outback gets their wine from
0: (laughs) Or this giant uh, complex that Cody invented where you just go there and have a good time with your bros It's called the World's (laughs) Edge (laughs) I like that idea You would like to edge with your bros, wouldn't you,
2: (laughs) Edge (laughs) Lord? Well, we might as well intro it in the meantime since we haven't done that. Welcome back to the final week of Sandman September. That'll debut in October because that's how we roll.
1: We'll be covering
2: volume eight, nine, and ten. I guess the finale of Neil Gaiman's Run on the Sandman. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, if we're going to start with volume eight, I got to say, I really I loved volume eight. Like while reading it, I was like, this is cool. Each story was cool. I loved the fact that like, it, it was just like this random fucking place with all these creatures, the centaur, the fucking cleric clan, the drunk fairy. Like it was, I don't know. They, those were cool stories, honestly.
0: Yeah, I really liked it. I like the whole setup how everyone is in a tavern and they're stuck and they're they're just trading stories during like a huge storm. It's a, a reality, reality storm. storm. Don't want to get caught in one of those. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah,
0: no. I thought I thought volume eight
2: was one of the stronger ones, especially because like we covered what, five, six, seven? I don't know if I thought those ones were as strong as these last three.
0: No, definitely not. This was one of the strongest. I mean, it ended on such a strong note. And like Cody was saying before, it kind of like pulled all the strings together, tied up all the loose ends. And like, yeah, even like it brought back characters. And I was reading about this in like a Neil Gaiman interview. He's like throughout like the volumes, like a lot of times when, you know, you're we're away from characters for a while, he'll reintroduce them and make sure you remember who they are and what they're all about. But when you get to the kindly ones, Uh, which is volume nine. Sorry. But when you get to that one, like he doesn't remind you about Rose or anybody like that. You got to remember who
2: Or Hippolyta. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's in like what? Volume three when he's like, I'll come back for the baby one day.
0: Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And And she remembers that the instant she loses him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're right. That's cool. That volume nine was really good. It was a thick one.
0: Thick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's thirteen motherfucking issues. Yeah,
2: it took me a while to like I had to like actively drink coffee and blast through it. Just because <laughs> so reading comics, reading anything in a good way, like actually puts me to sleep, to be honest. Like I'll get so in a zen state when I'm mm. reading that I like will ultimately just knock out. And then so like because it was such a thick volume, I was like, Fuck, I gotta drink a coffee. But uh <laughs> it was awesome. I loved the remaking of the Corinthian.
1: Yeah. I loved nine. I thought the story was brilliant. I thought the way they brought it together was brilliant, but I was really upset with uh, it. Not even upset. I thought the art was great, but it was so jarringly different from every other volume that it, it took me till about halfway through nine before I even like started to really enjoy it. Huh?
2: I, I get what you mean about the art. I enjoyed the story pretty much as soon as nine started
1: yeah but i know i I, I, the story i agree but i'm just saying like the art was almost like upsetting to me it was like way more cartoony for such a especially for such a brutal uh volume
0: right yeah i know and people at the time were pissed too i was reading about that so like people were mad that that it looked like that they're like are you kidding me like but the 10th volume is the complete opposite it's like super realistic and beautiful yeah. Like I think I I'm pretty sure Neil Gaiman purposely like that guy isn't a bad artist it's just like you're saying Cody it's a different cartoonish style compared to what we've seen and that change is so different and, and it and it kind of feels right when you get to volume ten that it feels so much more realistic
1: yeah the the art is insane in ten like so insanely like they uh, which is perfect for the wake because they did such a good job at catching emotion capturing emotion. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. I also, it was a cool reveal that the witch woman was the love affair that pissed him off and sent him hunting for his brother.
0: Yeah, it was, what's her name? Um, Thessaly? Thessaly. Oh, yeah. And see, like, she changes her name in this one, too. Like, that threw me off. That's what I'm saying. Like, Neil Gaiman did not remind me who Thessaly was, even though we just read about her. And like you're saying, right, like he was moping around in a couple volumes back, and I just assumed it was about Nuala, but you're right, like it was about someone completely different who we didn't know. Like he didn't say who it was. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck about Nuala,
1: really. Yeah,
0: at this point.
1: But yeah, dude the nine was crazy. what did you guys think of the Furies? I liked them. I thought that whole
2: like when Hippolyta is walking around losing her mind and she sees like the Medusa snakes in her head. Like I liked all of that shit.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. It was cool watching her descent into madness. Yeah. yeah. Poor Carla. Yeah. She got baked.
2: Dude, R I P Carla.
0: Yeah. Well, she discovered the secret and Loki and Puck were like, no, no, no. Dude, yeah. I, I like that
2: Puck came back. I actually forgot that Loki was even like I guess he he, he was in when they uh tried to get the key to hell. But yeah, I, think I forgot that. Like I think I forgot that he like dipped out. But yeah, when I saw Morpheus Puck, let him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then Puck was like, hoo hoo, like, uh, let's burn this child alive. And I was like, damn, like, this shit is like, it was brutal. I felt so bad that the kid actually died. Y- he, died he died, not really. Then, yeah.
0: Because they were just like burning up, burning off like his immortality, his, his, basically. His, 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 yeah.
2: Still, or I'm whatever. Sure, sure,
0: it hurt him on some level. Yeah. But I mean, he dies, but just like, dream, is he really dead or he, is he just changed? That's true, you know. Oh, yeah, that's like is, I felt it, like the it, whole. It team... is his son, right? Yeah. No, it's not his son. Hippolyta, uh, Daniel thought, isn't his son. I thought Daniel is Morpheus's son. No, it's he was just born. of, oh, I guess he kind of is. He says, "Yeah, I'll he come is back. of the dreaming. He's he, of the is dreaming. Of. Son. Yeah, yeah, he's of the dreaming, For but he's sure. not
2: actually like impregnated by Morpheus."
0: True, but at the same time, it, we learn in these volumes that Morpheus is like him and the dreaming are one and the same. He's just an yeah. aspect. He of said, the, "Yeah,
2: he says the dreaming is an aspect, like or he's an aspect of the vice versa, whatever."
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: So in a way, he is kind of his creation.
0: Yeah. So like at first you said it, I was like, no, but then it's like, well, technically, yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. But Lyda doesn't see him that way. She's she sees uh, Morpheus as the reason for Daniel being burned alive. Yeah. She literally sees a picture of him. Burned as burned. like a, it was that real though? Like, cause he wasn't, I guess it was cause he was in a fireplace.
1: He was, you do see. Pump I think it was more a of fireplace. a trick played by Loki. Mm. Could be. Yeah. But I don't think they killed Daniel. You know what I mean? I think they just kind of like you were saying, burned away his mortality. I mm. think, I think that picture was more of just like a illusion, like many placed by Loki like
0: the detectives Those they
1: those exactly. guys weren't even real well it was like Loki yeah.
0: and Puck undercover yeah <laughs>
2: <Loki>. <laughs> that sounds like a great like uh TBS
1: cop show
2: like
0: <laughs> Loki and Puck undercover
1: <laughs> isn't it crazy to think about how uh Morpheus this Loki and Puck were acting under Mo- Morpheus's instructions Yes. Uh,
0: Wait, were they? What do you mean? I don't remember that. Yeah, no, they weren't. Yes,
1: because when when Morpheus let Loki go, he said, you're going to owe me. I'm going to put a figment of the dreaming there, and you're going to owe me. And so he did this because he knew the Furies were going to come for him because he killed his son.
0: Hmm. See, the thing is that there's a line... I agree with you to a point, but there's a line where Loki, like, I don't remember the exact line, but it's like the last thing Morpheus says to Loki is like, okay, you're free to go, but don't like, you know, don't, I don't know exactly what he says, but he, he's like, don't do anything mischievous or anything like that. And Loki's like, yeah, of course. But then when we get the reveal that Loki was the cop the whole time, he's like, oh, he's, he kind of repeats the line in a sarcastic way. So that made me think he's like, fuck you, Morpheus. I'm going to, I am going to, you know, fuck shit up. That's how I read it, at least. Hmm. But I get what you're saying, Cody, because in the same sense, like this whole thing is like, is Morpheus kind of like setting up his own dominoes, or is he just that oblivious to everything that he's like getting back into a corner? I feel like we totally skipped over volume eight.
2: <laughs> we did, because there's a billion
0: stories in volume eight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Volume eight was super cool.
0: What was your favorite story in volume eight? I'm trying to think. I kind of like the uh, ship story with Hob and the girl.
2: Yeah, I like that one, too. My least least favorite was the Necropolis story. I just didn't get it. Like, the the City of the story.
1: Necropolis was a lot. It was like, first of all, their
2: names were like, hey,
1: Claproth and Clip (laughs) Clappin. Yeah, the names are hard to remember. I was like, yeah, I was like, all right, dude. Yeah, Necropolis was crazy. So the story... Is about stories being told within like, I don't know, it was like an inception of yeah, exactly. the dreaming. Total inception.
0: Yeah, especially that story. That story had stories within stories within stories, like yeah. legit.
1: Yeah, that one was just like kind of slow. I didn't give a fuck, Necropolis. Fuck those people. Yeah. I'm fuck over. Those them. Weird dead people and their weird dead lives. Yeah. So, apparently,
0: like, Neil Gaiman says that whatever they talk about, like, the death customs of the different cultures, yeah. that he that he got that from real life. Like, he's not making any of that up.
2: Like, different death death. Ways? Yeah, so, like,
0: you know or- how they were talking about, like, uh, if someone dies in your family or something, like, once you're done with everything, you don't wash your hands, and the first meal you have, it makes it taste better? He said that he got that from, like, uh, ancient Tibet or something like that.
1: Wow. Nice. It's pretty sweet. I don't know. I'm washing
0: my hands if I'm dealing with a dead body before I bite into a a nice juicy burger.
1: I feel like this might surprise people, but I wash my hands a lot. I mean, I Uh, would uh, hope so. You literally work at a restaurant. (laughs) Yeah, like
2: uh, you could kill people if you
0: don't wash your hands. But wait, why? (laughs) Why did you? preface that with yeah this might surprise I th- people. yeah <laughs> I, feel like, I don't
1: know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> do, you think it's in, do you think
2: it's in the rumor mill that cody cannon does not wash his hands
1: <laughs> no i think it's more of just that i'm a chaotic person and so like people are like oh he's really diligent about washing his hands i think you know you're I mean?
2: you're chaotic but i never took you for like unhygienic yeah I appreciate that. You know, although today <laughs> I'm assuming you just got out of the shower. Your hair looks greasy. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. Just showered. Okay,
2: so no, I never, I never mistook you for a dirty fuck. At least not in that sense. <laughs> a dirty I fuck. Mean, you are a dirty fuck, but in a different. <laughs> 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 Cody did give an entire town scabies, though, which is a great story. Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, I, do, I do exaggerate it to town when I tell it.
1: <laughs>
2: Next, yeah, it's gonna I be gave, a country like Cody gave a small island country
1: uh, uh, <laughs> Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, I did love the sh- Hob. Man, Hob ended up being one of my favorite characters in the book.
0: Yeah, he would be, wouldn't he? Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you because know, what? what we learned about Hob is pretty fucked up. What we learned Thought that he was, he was a- a, once a slaver. He was a slave trader. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's definitely fucked up, but he listened to dream and I feel like he more, he redeemed himself.
0: Yeah. But like, damn, like he, the way he describes it, he's like, oh, you can make a profit off of one ship. So if, if you were traveling from England and uh you saw like the, whatever the Royal guard coming your way, you would just let one, one slave loose and they would all fall into the ocean and drown because they were all chained together. Yeah. That's so
1: fucked up. So fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nightmares. It's too much for me. It's
0: too much for me that Hob did that. Like I loved him up until that point and I'm like, "Damn, Hob, you lost me. I'm sorry."
2: We're talking cool. about the dude who lives forever, right? Yeah, Hob yeah, Gadling. Okay,
0: okay, okay, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was fucked up. I mean, I agree. I'm not saying it wasn't yeah. fucked up. <laughs> but I'm just saying like I liked his character. I liked his arc.
0: You could tell that he was um remorseful of having done such a heinous thing. Yes. Yeah.
2: It also seems like low key a very unrealistic thing to do business wise because that's a lot of money you just threw in the
0: ocean. But according to him, like it was like so lucrative that it didn't matter. Like it's fucked up. Like that. I, maybe it's just something Neil Gaiman is making up at that point. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. Like it's It's like
2: like, realistically, like slaves were a a lot of money. Like,
0: right. But I think it maybe highlights the point even more that it's like so inhumane that, you know, inhumaneness, you know.
1: For sure. You're probably right. Yeah.
0: You're right.
1: Yeah. But I did love Hob. I am I still stand by my love for Hob. He's my boy. I didn't love Hob. He was actually
2: like, even without the Slaver thing, he was kind of just a pathetic character.
1: Really?
0: I thought he was pathetic. He was huh. like,
1: yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I liked him.
0: I wouldn't call him pathetic, but yeah, I, I I liked like I I don't know, like I just like that he was the guy to be like, I'm not gonna die and and Dream and Death were like, Okay, you're you're just the guy that's not gonna die. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: Do you think in that way Hobb made himself like okay, you know how you have like Lucian and Matthew and the the pumpkin dude? Like or at least Merv. Merv. Yeah, Merv. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, this might be more applicable to Matthew and Lucian, but do you think in in a way Hobb has now made himself one of Morpheus's like dream characters?
1: I think it was more of just he's one of Dream's friends. Yeah. I don't think Dream has friends. He was like He did. He he even called Hobb
0: his friend. That's did like he? the closest he does have to a friend, I would yeah, say. Is Hobb. Yeah. That's true. But the thing is like between them, it's like so, like, as a whole, now I could, like, look at Sandman throughout every fucking volume we read and, like, things that didn't seem to matter start to, like, pile up. Like, Morpheus is a sad dude, right? He doesn't have friends. He doesn't really want to get close to anybody, whether it's, like, relationships with women or friendship, you know, or yeah. family. He's just like, uh oh, leave me alone. Like, I'm just going to, you know, follow the rules and do what I have to do. And I don't have time for any of this stuff. And even with Hob, like, they're friends, sure. But, like, it's like, oh, let's see each other every hundred years. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a great friendship, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when you spam eons.
0: That's true. A
2: hundred years is the equivalent of, like, when we drop in the like bucket. Three years without seeing each other, yeah.
0: I guess, yeah, but not for Hob. Like, every time they meet up, he's like, damn, that fucking sucked. Like, I like it's this time He's, period. Like, he's pathetic,
2: but-, but he keeps going through with it. Like, I don't know if it makes him strong to like stick with his like sad decision that he makes to live forever.
0: Mm, I like that. No, I like the way you just said that because that's again reminds me of Morpheus. Like, he has to decide whether to change or keep sticking with his sad decisions.
2: Yeah. Morpheus is in many, uh, not overall, but he sometimes he's a weak willed person. Like, he's always like, it's yeah. up to you. What do you want to do? Like, when. Clara clan comes to bring his sister back. Mm. And he has and then she even like gets sad when she goes back to Fairy and she's like, he didn't care whether I wanted to stay or go. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, dude, these are the eternals. They don't give a fuck about like they're not threatened by like like our plane of existence. You know what I mean? Like we have to warn about, Yeah, like, are we going to get hit by a car? They don't think like that. They're just not like us.
0: Yeah, but ultimately, it's like that's a, a a detail that comes into play in Morpheus's death, right? Like, because he decides to go with her to Fairyland because she has a boon, he's out of the dreaming, and therefore he's now at risk to being killed by the Furies. Yeah. So it goes back to the thing. Like, is Morpheus just like setting up his own downfall? He knows by going there.
1: He's well, going to get I mean, fucked I up. think that he is. That's why I right? bring up the whole Loki thing, because he knows the Furies are going to come. He knows he has to pay for the choices. He's like, he has to, he, there's consequences for his actions.
2: How can the Furies harm him again? Like, why are they able because to? Because he killed
1: his son, So That Morpheus. makes him that, that vulnerable? They're a, yeah. force of, they're a force of nature that they seek, they're basically vengeance embodied. <laughs> but is that stronger than one of the seven endless? It's not that they're stronger. It's like, it's like a
0: rule, and Morpheus is all about rules.
1: And they're not killing him. They're destroying everything around him that he loves. That's true. Yeah. They don't, because they say, we don't kill. Yeah. But they're destroying everything that he cares about and everyone. Yeah,
0: also they pre- like at the very beginning of Sandman in volume 1 when we get the Furies, they predict this. They know what's gonna like, yeah. it's going to happen. Like it's fate. It's fate. Not you even know? the
2: Endless are free of fate. Yeah. yeah,
0: seriously. Exactly. And actually when it's so weird too in, in in volume 10 where like um the Endless make like a dude To get like the sacraments for the funeral. What was his
1: name? (laughs) Eblis O'Shannigan or whatever? Yeah, Ebis O'Shaughnessy
0: or some shit like that. The most Irish name
2: ever. Yeah, they just made an Irishman. (laughs) We need
1: need someone of strong will to get us. It's because they gave delirium. The oh yeah. <laughs> choice of naming him and so of course she picks something t- totally yeah, off the crazy. Walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like there's a part where he goes to get something and uh the narration's like even the endless, you know, don't question this far like there's stuff beyond them that like we don't even know about. Uh but no what was another story I liked in volume 8? The Prez story. Yeah.
2: yeah. That one was cool with Mr.
1: Smiley. Yeah, yeah Mr. Boss Smiley. Boss Smiley. Boss we-
0: Smiley, there you go.
1: Yeah that, that was was, so, yeah, that was one of my favorite stories. Yeah,
0: right. That, was that might story. have been my favorite uh, in volume eight, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. It felt it felt really uh relevant because just yes. because like, I like Forrest Gump, honestly. It, yeah. <laughs> Uh, But it felt really relevant just because it has to do with politics and how like the political system is broken and corrupts people and all of this other stuff, which is like, I mean, maybe me just cherry picking ideas. No, that's what it's
0: about. He's not Republican or Democrat. He's like a kid that's like, you guys are all fucking up. I think it's something we could all relate to.
1: Yeah.
0: And Prez is like a really obscure DC character from the 1970s that like Jack Kirby made. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. He, yeah, like super obscure. Right. But I loved how in his universe, uh fucking he he hosted SNL and Jim Belushi uh John Belushi was just like you changed I would my life. If it wasn't yeah.
2: <laughs> well that's because you know, what's his name hosted SNL? God, I'm gonna get the name. I feel like we get the president. It's either what's his name? Ron Reagan. Reagan or yeah, hosted SNL during the first season. So it would have been John Belushi, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and all them. That's what that like is from. Really, that part of the yeah. president's story? Yeah, the president of the United oh, States. Oh shit, host, I thought it was just host.
0: like a random ass thing. Yeah, okay, that, that makes thing. way more. I sense I mean,
2: John Belushi didn't say that they were actually really anti. I'm pretty sure it's Ronald Reagan. Don't me to that name, but the president of the United States. Ronald
1: Reagan was the actor. Yeah,
2: so it probably would be. And him. well, it might have been Jimmy. Car- was it Jimmy Carter? It might have been Jimmy Carter. i don't honestly, you're probably right about that. Look it up because either way, the president hosted and SNL because they were like this young new kids on the block, like the descendants of like the new hippie generation they were anti this dude being on
0: oh but. gerald ford that's here who we go it was, gerald Jake. ford hosted all right that definitely puts it into perspective that's crazy i thought it was just like a random thing but <laughs> that's that's a great detail yeah i was like yeah. oh okay he saved he changed john belushi's life he's he made the world better like i yeah. know that much
1: Neil Gaiman is like so good at like mixing real life fantasy and into this universe. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Even times when you don't realize it, like he's too smart beyond me to like, you know, he definitely has chock full of like literary references that we never read and plays from, you know, back in the day that we've never seen. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's in there. He's in some a form. smart
2: motherfucker. Yeah. Probably yeah. one of the smartest people to ever write a comic book.
0: Ser- like yeah. he had the balls to write like the last issue, not the balls, but like the last issue of of the Sandman is from Shakespeare's perspective.
1: Yeah. I yeah, thought that, that was pretty insane.
0: crazy. That the last is, that issue, is
1: those those issues were both really the two, and then the one from the uh, perspective of the uh, advisor that was lost in the desert. Both of those oh, yeah, like the the two, two sh- post wake issues, yeah, were really crazy. Were like super, like honestly, the whole lot, I mean, the whole series is very like insightful and like almost if if indirectly, but probably directly like offers like lots of good life and heart and soul advice throughout the entire series, but especially like the last, the the volume of the wake.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because like whenever Neil Gaiman is talking about dreams, he's really talking about like life. And like a lot of times he's also talking about like story, you know, a big thing about Sandman is like stories. And like he talks yeah. the last time he talks to, or the last thing we hear from Hob is like, oh how did the story end he's like oh it had a happy ending like all good stories should hmm. you know yeah. like the best stories end you know mm-hmm. they don't keep going on forever and ever they have to end and we all love endings that are happy like it's so gratifying yeah true
2: speaking yeah. of gratifying endings just to be <laughs> off on a little tangent here uh-huh. uh or at least i want you saw you saw venom too right Oh yes, Uh, I did not. No, but you did. Are we gonna do a Venom episode? Is it worth? Honestly, the movie sucked. I don't. I don't feel like doing a whole episode on it. Yeah, that's why I I said if we just talked about, except for the post-credit scene.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna. No, that's why I said if we did a Venom episode, it would be cool if we just talked about Venom in general. That way, we don't have to necessarily keep talking about the movie just because Venom is cool. Besides the movie, Um, but yeah, that I don't know. I don't think enough people. I don't know. Like I don't want to spoil it for Cody. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. I'll fucking stab you in the neck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the movie's not that good. Also, people I know don't give a fuck. They're like, dude, spoil it for me. I was like, all right, I'll tell you what happens. And then they're like, <laughs> "But
0: yeah, We can't right, spoil well, it for Cody. We will we'll talk go, about man. it. We'll talk about it another time. In private. Yeah, call each other or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we will. Know what I heard? If we are going to take a quick detour, I heard that Marvel is making an echo. You guys know the character Echo? No. So Marvel's making an Echo TV show. Echoes this character that's in like she was introduced in like the Daredevil universe. Okay. And apparently, according to this rumor over the weekend, a oh, big Echo chunk the of the blind dude who teaches him. No, that's stick. Oh, stick. Echoes yeah. Echo's deaf. She's deaf. That's like her thing. Like I watched she, Daredevil. I don't remember no deaf chick in it. She wasn't. No, she wasn't in Daredevil in the, in the comics. comics. Oh, in the, in the comics. comics. Oh, okay. But Disney, there's going to be a Disney Plus series Echo, and most of it, it's it's going to be about Echo. The same but cast as Daredevil. The same cast as Daredevil, and a step further, they're planning a Daredevil TV show. It hasn't been announced yet, but nice. these like are the big rumors that came out this weekend.
2: Nice. Well, dude. Hopefully, man.
0: If we're getting all those actors back, it's going to be great. They're they're a great yeah, cast. they were
1: great. It was a great yeah, cast. Yeah, I'm down. But, man, fuck it. I had a transition and I fucking lost it because uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I want to get back to the dreaming because we got, Ooh. we covered a lot of territory with, in these volumes. Facts. So we talked about a, I didn't really like Kwaruken's story that much either. No, it was forgettable.
2: Oh, like okay. his story that he told? Yeah. His arc, though, throughout these volumes are pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I wish I kind of wanted to see the final battle between him and the stag.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He just pukes up a nemesis out of his body. They're like, damn, dog, yeah. you
1: just made your own nemesis. And he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
2: what happened. We told you not to uh, dude. It's so crazy. Like like they did tell him not to go off the path and he did it. But it's like, dude, the like for what you think are such minor infractions, the consequences are so like dire.
1: Yep. Yeah, Um, but it's cool. Speaking of dire consequences, though, when Dream died, the people who were suffering because of him, all of their ailments ended.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. They lost power. The old man
1: woke from the eternal waking. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the dude who he does in the beginning. Yeah. 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 And the dude who uh, couldn't stop telling stories or whatever. Uh, He finally like got his sanity back. It's like I guess now that you say it, Morpheus
2: Lee leaves a trail of like damaged people behind. Yeah. All through his like selfish petty decisions. Like whether it's like I mean, he punished those people rightfully, but he also sent his lo- love to hell for like hundreds of
1: years. Yeah. Like, he's just mad petty. It's I mean, they yeah. do throughout the series talk about him as being self-absorbed. And there's like the Lord Shaper or like the teller of stories or something like that. I feel like you probably would have to be a little bit.
0: Yeah, like let's like think about like Shakespeare at the end and the very last issue, like he's talking to his wife and they're basically having a conversation of how all he does is like write these stories. He has no time for like the real world or his family. Like he's Mm -hmm. so absorbed in telling the stories, but like that's the life of like a dreamer. Basically, you're alone. And again, it goes back to Morpheus being alone and then going back again to when Clerican broke the rules and that fucked up. Now he has a nemesis like you got to follow the rules and you got to be alone. And and in Morpheus's world, that's like the best things to him. (laughs) And by the end of the story, that's not him anymore, though.
1: Yeah, I like that. I like that. At the end, they were like, "You either change or you die." Exactly. And so he chose death. It's a lesson for life.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you either change or you you die. You adapt. Yeah, you adapt yeah, or you die. Exactly. And I mean, like even if we're not talking in a brutal sense, like if you go through life unchanged, eventually you're gonna die. But the world will have already left you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I forgot which character says it, or maybe it's just narration. But or someone says, "Everything changes, but nothing is truly lost." Hmm. I yeah. like that idea. Yeah,
2: it's almost like Doctor Manhattan's—like nothing ever ends.
1: Mm. Yeah. Honestly, after having, I'm—I really needed this in this time. Like it just like really hit me hard in my soul. It was like just like a brilliant book, and like honestly, like probably one of the most impactful comic books on my life. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent agree. And it's with also that. just
2: like it, it's a it, no matter how I feel of like from each volume to volume to volume whether I think one is weaker than the other, like it's one of the most uh, it's one of the smarter graphic novels I've ever read. Yeah, for sure,
0: absolutely. So much thought went into it.
2: Yeah, and so I one like of the more that intelligent it's- ones and like super like it's it's like emotional intelligence if anything.
1: Yeah, I feel like. You could give this series to anyone who likes to read, even like people who don't in any shape of way, like modern comics in like, in the sense that they like superheroes and all of like the more mainstream stuff. But you could give the Sandman to almost anybody who just loves good stories and they would be thrilled getting through it, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it makes me think of a line that Shakespeare says in the story at the end where he's talking to a friend and his friend's like, well, I've traveled here and there. I know people. And Shakespeare's like, I'm a person that's lived. I think, I, you know, I know people too. I know what humanity is. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. In the same way, like if I think anyone can relate to any of the themes in the book, everyone dreams. Like that's such a huge part of the book. Everyone dreams. Yeah, yeah. Like, who doesn't dream? Like, there, you're probably, there's something, you know, there would probably be something mentally wrong with you if you didn't dream.
1: Yeah, for sure. Literally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What do you guys think about this, too? Neil Gaiman said one way you could sum up the Sandman is by this phrase the cost of getting what you want
1: is having what you once wanted.
2: Mm. Wait, can you say that again?
0: That's a brilliant. That's.
1: That man is too smart.
0: Yeah. So the line is from Neil Gaiman himself. This is the cost of getting what you want is having what you once wanted. And I think Mm. a character says it in Sandman too. It it like sounded so familiar when he said it, but yeah, it kind of, that, that one hit me too. That's a great line. It's like, you could dream of something, but what happens once you get it? Like, what does it become? You know, like
1: it's yeah, exactly what does it mean? It's (laughs) Like, um, the romanticizing and the desire of like, I feel maybe that's why like desire and dream were always at such odds Mm. because the desire of something and dream of something and like wanting of something is like such a powerful, I mean, it's a sensation that moves people to act. You know what I mean? It's such a powerful thing.
0: We see it over and over in all the volumes. We see people do that.
1: And then, but having what, what you want is not, it's not it, like, sure, it's cool to accomplish, but having what you want isn't the same of as dreaming, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think if anyone has tried to do something in life, like something hard, something like huge, that's like, feels bigger than yourself and... If you accomplish even a little of it, like, I don't know, it, it leaves a certain feeling like I'm not saying I lived my dream, but I got to perform stand up at like, you know, but, like I got to do. I, you've done it way more than than me and Jake, but like just having going on stage even once was like a dream of mine. You know, I think it's a big first step. And I think like having done it, it kind of is like that's where it becomes like the test of like, if do you want to keep going and do this? Like, is this really your dream or is it just something that like you wanted to try out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um and I yeah, so I don't know. It's just uh, just such like a deep insightful story. I loved in I loved the like conversation that he and death had right before he they held hands and stuff. Mm.
0: In volume 10,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. Um I just like the whole I don't know. It was just such a great story. I don't know. Like it, it just, everything like it really, that conversation in particular was like when he felt uh, to me, at least like the most human, like he wasn't Mm. like, he knew what he had to do. You know what I mean? And like, maybe potentially we don't know, but maybe he could have stopped it, but he knew that this had to be done. And that's why like he did the setup with Daniel and I don't know. But like the conversation he had with his sister, I just loved that. Like he's volume ten, he was like the most human he's been the entire series.
0: Yeah, when he you mean when he fuses with Daniel, basically, or before that? Before that, and then and
1: then wh- I like that when Perfect he does fusion. With- <laughs> like I like that. So he's volume ten. He starts out as this like cold monster. You know what I mean? Basically, mm-hmm. like like a force of nature that has no feelings. By the end of it, lots of people are calling him friends. Lots yeah. of people like, he's really, like, people loved him, you know what I mean? Even fucking Darkseid is at his funeral, what the fuck? (laughs) Darkseid, man. Darkseid probably had
2: the craziest dreams. I I have no doubt that Darkseid would have actually, now that, like, if you really think about it, after what we've read of everything of the Sandman, like, it doesn't like, yeah, Darkseid would dream and probably meet the Sandman in his dreams, make some kind of a deal with him, you know?
1: Yeah, and the same. Yeah. be
2: like, sure, I don't care. And he's like, I'm just gonna take over the universe. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, do it. <laughs> yeah, I like,
1: okay, yeah, for sure. He was uh, like, was, I don't know, Dark Side from Apocalypse. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking a break from torturing and creating pair of demons to go pay <laughs> his respects. Yeah,
0: yeah, but even like a uh, Clark Kent, and it was not even Superman. It was Clark Kent, Martian Manhunter, and Batman. Yeah. Like you saw them there, and I think, like, Clark Kent and
1: yeah,
0: and and there's like a quick line between Clark Kent and uh Batman, and he's like, You ever have dreams where you're like in a weird TV show? and Batman's like, Yeah, and then Martian Manhunter is like, Not me,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: funny (laughs) because they all were on TV shows, but Martian Manhunter (laughs) never had his own TV show, yeah, at least not at that point.
2: Well, by that point, it would have only been the old 1970s Justice Friends, which. Marsh Manhunter was not on, so
0: yeah, no, it, or it would be like the Adam West one, or
1: yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like, shit like that,
0: well, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, I loved how in the last in volume 10, it was super meta, like you, the mm. reader, were one of the characters in the book, yeah. So, does that yeah, mean, does, we, not 10, take 11, up, rather, does that mean we 11. were dreaming?
2: Like, does that mean like we were dreaming? Like, are we supposed to have. Like, are we walking well, they,
1: through a dream reading all these stories and like seeing all these things happen? So basically in volume eleven during the wake, it includes you as the character. You don't you're not sure that it's you, but the very last page it like makes it abundantly clear yeah. of the wake issue. Yeah, because it's
0: like they woke up, the he woke up, and then you woke up. Yeah.
1: Right? Oh, yeah, man. but uh, but it talks about how you may not remember this have happened. You're like, we don't have to go through every. At one point in time, there's a line where they're like, we don't have to go through every little detail because you were there. You may not remember it because you're in the waking world right now, but you were there in the dreaming. Mm. That's, that's cool. And yeah, so Dude, I, I don't know. Stay woke, bro. You say maybe that's maybe that's why woke people have are so shitty because (laughs) they're all they're never in the dreaming
2: who yeah exactly who do you think would win a woke like SJW or the Sandman
1: (laughs) (laughs) or Lord Shaper or Lord
0: Shaper yeah I
2: don't know that's a tough battle for sure
0: yeah how do you beat someone who's constantly awake
2: (laughs) yeah. <laughs> yeah. he has no power yeah. they
1: stay woke <laughs> Yeah, the, the dreaming has no effect on them yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and they also have no imaginations <laughs> so i feel like the
2: main question is dude what are we overall giving the entire run of the Sandman, as far as Joe Pesci's go.
0: The entire run gets a six. For me, that's a no brainer.
1: I would say so. Dude, six, no brainer for me, dude. It's un, dude. It, in Even my though opinion, there were volumes that I didn't
2: necessarily like as much as
1: others. Overall, it's still incredibly strong. Yeah. And the thing is, those volumes that were weaker, he made them worth the read when he tied all the yeah. end, loose ends together yeah, and stuff. True. You know what I mean? Uh, in my opinion, like I don't think there's any like other comics other than maybe like things like Watchmen and maybe like Frank Miller's Batman or yeah. whatever. Maybe and the the thing that the edge that those have is they're much shorter stories.
0: Right. This is a 75 issue behemoth.
1: Yeah, I've never read a series this big that's been this powerful, like, and it impacted me this much from start to finish. I can only think of one off the top of my head, but we'll do an episode about that in the future. What was it, though? Saga. Mm. Hmm.
0: I feel like Saga doesn't hold a candle to this.
1: i mean I like Saga. I haven't read Saga,
2: but I would imagine it doesn't hold a candle.
1: So I... Not holding a candle, I completely disagree, but I will say Sandman is better. Oh, yeah. Without question.
0: I thought it was funny, Jake, that you just said, you know, like how certain volumes, like we just didn't like them, but we could still like because I felt the same way. Like we I didn't like us, you know, some volumes, but it didn't like bring down the whole story. But like there's another quote from Neil Gaiman where he's like in previous issues, what happened in the story was never very important. What mattered was how what happened affected the story's characters. Which huh, makes nice. sense, you know, like we there were so many kind of like one shots where it's like, what really happened? Like, we saw how dream affected these characters, so it's like, okay, that that tracks with me, you know, like, but like sometimes it was just very forgettable, yeah, much like a dream,
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, like, I will. <laughs> Like There's not even a fraction of a Joe Pesci that I would subtract, even with the weaker volumes. It's just, yeah. in my opinion, like one of the best things in comic book
2: history. Dude, what if Joe Pesci was shaped by the Dreamer? It we was shaped by Morpheus.
0: I was going to say Joe Pesci should be Merv the Pumpkin, that he should Ooh. do the voice for him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would <laughs> be, be hilarious.
1: Yeah, right, I can would, see
2: it. he probably could be a good few things, honestly, like in the Sandman yeah. series. Yeah, he would do a good Matthew just because he's like, say, a, I was gonna say Matthew,
0: yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I could
2: see maybe even
1: he's like old, but Cain, oh, like Abel, yeah, Kane and Abel, yeah, Kane and Abel. Yeah. I think he could be Cain, he could be Cain in personality, but he looks more like an Abel, yeah, but...
0: You know, it's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought a crazy like throwaway was like maybe not a throwaway but they only really mention it once where Matthew is like trying to figure out why like all the ravens had come like before like anything was happening it was, like why are they all going to the dreaming and he has a conversation with Lucian and Lucian says you know I was the first raven. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we also know that the first raven was the first man so Lucian might be Adam like they're not saying it explicitly but the first man is Adam and if the first raven is the first man then it can only yeah, be and, one and
1: and they have all of those original biblical figures in yeah the story so it's very possible that Lucian is Adam I didn't think about that until you brought it up but that's crazy <laughs> take it one step
0: further Lucian is all like about knowledge right? Like he has all the books that we're always dreaming. What did Adam do? No, Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, so yeah. of course he has all that knowledge.
1: <laughs> from a moment, you blew Jake's word. <laughs> 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 I saw Jake processing that right I saw it over his face, and he was just like, "God." <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, that's what I thought you were going I was like oh shit Lucian's God
0: no but they, they drop so many biblical references they even I forget which character says it but he's like you know why Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden right it's like yeah God was mad that they ate from the tree of knowledge it's like no in the bible it says that he didn't want them to eat from the tree of life and become immortal so he kicked yeah. them out that's crazy that's not something Neil Gaiman made up that's like a real thing like
1: that's what it says
2: yeah. That's crazy. I don't know. I never read the Bible.
1: Yeah, me either. But that's why it's I just I, loved the I loved the conversation between Rima and um, Reba, the famous TV star back in the day? <laughs> yes, Reba, yeah, Reba I McIntyre. Love the <laughs> between Reba McIntyre and Lucifer Morningstar. Yes. Oh, that's. A,
2: that. Yes. Dude, Reba McIntyre, because Lucifer Morningstar is a redhead, could play Lucifer. Dude, Dude. wouldn't that be sick, yeah. though Hey, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: Lucifer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Lucifer. <laughs> Reba McIntyre is Lucifer <laughs> 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 Morningstar. <laughs> 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 that works
0: that works. <laughs> that totally works oh man lucifer that did, did come back but he was like he just plays piano in a bar yeah he was just yeah.
1: chilling living that life in la he's like fuck it dude wasn't it crazy yeah. when hippolyta broke that dude's arm when he was putting the moves on her yeah oh yeah and she's like so deadpan about it
2: well, yeah. I forget. They say she's a super. She used to be a superhero back in the day.
1: Yeah, she used yeah. to be the Fury or something like that.
0: Yeah, she yeah. kind of reminds me of Jessica Jones. Yeah, I feel like Jessica Jones was a ripoff of her, but with oh, a well, yeah. uh,
1: Wanda Vision esque helm. Yeah, yeah. She kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: Nice,
2: dude. I saw the Sopranos movie. How was it? Should I watch it? No, I mean, yeah. If you want to like see how terrible it is, dude. It was. <laughs> <laughs> It was bad. Not even, you could almost not even be a fan of The Sopranos. It was like weirdly put together. Like it felt very sloppily put together.
1: Mm. Uh, I saw somebody tweet saying it felt like they just like halfway through it. They were like, listen, this is really expensive. Let's wrap this up. So they just did a bunch of fan service afterwards.
2: I could see that. It was also just like there were too many... There's like this one character who who like ended on him. And I was like, who, like, why is this guy significant? Like what? Uh, there's like a weird, it was, it was terrible. Honestly, David Chase though, came out before our movie started. And he's like, Hey, thanks. Oh shit. Yeah. He's like, thanks guys for coming, uh, to watch the Sopranos in theaters. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the film. And then, uh, (laughs) The movie just sucked. Dude, this one guy, as soon as it ended, this one dude started to clap, and when no one joined in on it with him, he just, like, stopped. Uh, <laughs> the dude next to me loved it. This, like, random fucking loser. He was like, he's like, man. This, this was, fucking loser. He, was like, <laughs> he, was like, this he had different
1: taste <laughs> me, so he fucking sucked. Dude, he was like, this <laughs> movie was
2: two hours, but it felt like two minutes. That's how you know it's a great movie. What? Like, ah, yeah, like I was like, I don't
1: agree with that. Me and my friend. So
2: let
0: me something. ask you this: if I've, 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 if I've never seen The Sopranos, should I watch it, or like, will it spoil things for me?
2: No, it won't spoil fucking
0: anything. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the only okay, thing that
2: will not- spoil is two hours of your time. Your <laughs> yeah, Yeah, your appetite for your film. <laughs> I it wouldn't was just want like, any Gabagool after. It was really disappointing. Dude, I wish there was Gabagool. Like, <laughs> it was also like, dude, because Sopranos, the original show, a lot of their actors were Italian. Not a lot of these actors were Italian. So I, like, I thought, honestly, a lot of their, oh, was very inauthentic, you know?
0: Gotcha, yeah.
2: <laughs> it felt like a British actor trying to do like an Italian. Like, oh, like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. The Sopranos has an authenticity that you can't match. because well,
2: Everyone there is at least Italian,
0: you know, right.
2: James Gale, yeah. Fiend, like all those guys.
1: All I'm saying is I'm really disappointed to hear that David Chase didn't dream of a better story. Yeah.
2: It, it was weird. <laughs> it felt like it was a, a, a kid's final film in film school
1: in college. I actually read something similar.
2: Like that's honestly, awesome. I was like, I was like, David Chase, like the man who created six amazing seasons of Sopranos, like he wrote this. It did not feel like it, it felt like a fucking idiot wrote it. <laughs> so I was just like, Damn. blown. I was just blown away. I was like, Yeah, we know you're a good writer. What happened here? But you might be right that they had to the budget and they were just like, Ah, let's wrap this shit up. It was all yeah, over yeah, the place. I'm sorry. I know there's a tangent, but
0: that's how bad. No, that's how bad way. it
2: was. Is I had to like.
0: Yeah. Apparently, it only made like what five million dollars, and it cost like.
2: Well, it's also, they released it on HBO Max also, so...
0: Yeah, true. Not gonna- Man, Venom, Destroy the Box Office, it, Like, is the highest grossing pandemic movie. I mean, obviously, I can't say ever. Like, whatever, yeah. from the past year.
1: Yeah. That's insane to me.
0: Yep. Even more than Black Widow and Shang-Chi, so... Damn Watch please. out, MCU.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna
1: start <laughs> sacrificing quality for movies like Venom. Yeah, yep. seriously. Well, um, guys, I gotta get to work. All right. Well, that's then cool.
0: that that's about wraps it up for our, our trip to the dreaming.
1: Yeah, <laughs> our trip to the dreaming. That concludes Sandman September. Yeah, dude. Man, I, I'm kind of like like I mean, that, I'm glad. Like, what are not, we gonna read now? <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel you know, like it's hard. Yeah, that's how I felt today when I finished the series. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what next? What next? Yeah, I and felt like man. I
0: felt like Matthew. Like he wasn't sure if the new Sandman was <laughs> was his dude. He's like, "You're not my friend. Don't say that." that you know, true. it's like,
2: "What do I do next?" Anthony, but, you're turn it to Matthew.
0: Yeah, I'm just gonna. That's who I'm gonna that's be. I'm true. gonna become a raven, and yeah. then I'm gonna have my own Disney show called "That's So
1: Raven." I like that Matthew became the advisor, <laughs> the young dreamer.
2: Just like Kevin
1: over there is your advisor. Kevin is my advisor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Cody, I don't think you heard that. That's so Raven joke.
0: That was hilarious.
1: I did not. I did not. I
0: missed it. You'll laugh about yeah. it later. Yeah, you'll laugh. About it. I
1: can't wait. But I love you guys. I got to go. All,
0: All right, right. Peace yeah. out, man.
2: Well, that concludes Sandman September. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jacob H. As always, I'm joined with Anthony Anacho and Cody and Cannon
1: And Kevin. And, <laughs> and Kevin.
2: <laughs> and uh, if you like this episode, please tell your friends about it. Click like, subscribe. We got tons of. Cool shit! You could follow us on Instagram at comics the letter N chronic, as well as on Twitter, same exact thing. And uh, yeah, TikTok, Take tick, tick, Tizzy. <laughs> We're on there. Look at dude, Kevin looks like he's just dude. Oh shit! This is like the cat in the dream world. What is for Kevin? Yeah, right he's like I'm dreaming of being a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>